again with another open pitch session hosted by Kube United. Kube United believes that we are all on the same team and the health of this sport comes from open dialogue and a collaboration between all Kube enthusiasts. If you enjoy open pitch or anything else Kube United is doing, please consider making a donation at kubeunited.com. Whether one time or recurring, you can help offset the real cost of our efforts to support the Kube community and advance this great game we all love. I'm Evan Fitzgerald, president of Kube United, and joining me tonight is a team called Damage Inc. Damage Inc. just won their second U.S. National Coupe Championship on July 9th. Telling us about their experience will be Scott Forrester, Greg Yoakumson, and Darren Finger. We are thrilled that they are joining us for the 10th Open Pitch episode. This month's episode is supported by the Visit Beloit JET Grant Program. Don't forget to register for the U.S. Coupe Open at kubeunited.com. All right, everyone. The last baseline is down, the king has been killed, and we've shaken hands, and now it's time to chat on the Open Pitch. All right, tonight we have Damage Inc., and we will be starting off with the first question. Now that it's been a week, give us your impression on how it feels to win the U.S. National Coupe Championship. I'd like to start off with Darren Finger from Waukesha. It feels nothing short of great. I know we each practice to be ready, and uh, this year it all came together for us, especially on Sunday, which was wonderful. To end the final game for the finals with eight batons and have Scott get that last eight-meter in King was a perfect way to end the championship. All right, Greg Yokumson from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Uh, it feels awesome. I think Eau Claire is a little bit unique with the fact that uh, we probably see a lot of people in the community that are, are sort of connected to the world of Kube. And just this morning at church, my pastor kind of prodded me saying that I wasn't at church last Sunday, but I was pretty proud of the fact that uh, we had won. That was kind of kind of funny, but he run into people throughout town, uh, grocery store, neighbors that uh, congratulate you. So it feels pretty awesome and uh, gives you uh, incentive to continue doing well with the game, that's for sure, but certainly still uh, on a high from, from the victory. That's great. Um, before we had the call, I think uh, we all kind of agreed Scott Forster was the MVP. So, uh, Scott, what are your uh, impressions coming off of last week? <laughs> no, that's not true. But, yeah, it, I thought it was one of the best feelings I've ever had at uh, the finishing game. Just because it was, I think our theme was this team effort thing that we worked so hard as a team. And then it came together, and it just we were fortunate that it played out like it did. I remember my wife the last week practicing so hard and she came out and she said you know what if you guys don't win i mean what you're investing so much time and i i remember kind of thinking of the question saying boy you know and we have put a lot of time and i know greg and i know darren have put tons of time in and i just thought you can't really think that way otherwise you'd never never get to that point and uh we were just fortunate for it all to come together on that sunday and you know once we got in that spot i, I think we were so focused on all the practice got us to that point and just closing it out was boy, what a feeling it was <laughs> kind of cool and then i watch it back and emotions come you know that uh all that hard work push put us into that situation and uh got us to, to close it so it was cool i don't even know how to explain it it was, it was uh such a cool feeling oh yeah it's kind of like I remember as a kid you know thinking you're lucky to make this last shot for the to win the nba finals and probably gonna be a real similar feeling come down with those last two batons to finish off the tournament yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, like I said, I think just trusting uh, your teammates have worked so hard. I, I think when Greg had those uh, tough pickups in the shorts, as soon as he hit that first double, I, I didn't even think anything but that I was going to have that last 
eight meter. I knew I, I pretty much knew Darren that was going to hit those two, and it was going to come down to that end. And that's like I said, I I just had so much belief in the. <laughs> the team thing so a bunch of cool guys that put you in that situation absolutely so scott your last visit to the finals i believe was in 2010 that was with your yep. brother correct right yep. yeah so how big of a change has it been from uh the year 2010 to 2017 oh boy well i think you can see the sport has transpired into a hugely competitive stage I and mean, it's nothing like it was in 2010 for me i i think you went into every game in 2010 thinking don't leave a short porch. We're probably going to win, first of all. And second of all, I remember the philosophy always was try to advance each round. Try to try to score. And, you, and if you think about that now, knocking four, four short ones down, it's just scoring once. In a lot of situations, that's not going to probably cost you if you only score once. So see where it's advanced from 2010 to 2017 is, is amazing. I mean, you know, if you don't close it in two, three, four rounds, you, you could lose to huge amount of teams and that's that's great that's great for the sport oh yeah it's come a long way all right Griggs. um i heard you had the 2016 championship bracket on your wall in your classroom in chippewa valley there <laughs> <laughs> how do your students react to your status as a coob celebrity well it, it is true I, I have it up at school because my wife did not want it around the house so it's a good place to put it since i deal with about 150 eighth graders every day it's pretty hard to impress them Kids that know the game of Coob, they think it's awesome. Other kids, you know, I'm not making money on it, so they don't think it's anything too special. And uh, they're more worried at the middle school level about impressing one another. So it's it's not a huge deal, but I can still, you know, hold the uh, title in front of them once in a while and brag a bit. But for the most part, it's it's not a huge deal to them. Although I, you know, every every school year I expose maybe a new 200 kids to Coob. We have uh, Cardinal Coobsters at our middle school, and I try to get out and play Coob and teach Coob to as many many kids as I can. After school programming, during school programming, and uh, once the kids start playing and getting into it, and some of the new kids to it, I think then it becomes more of a bigger deal where they're they're like you're the national champion in this and so maybe it's a little more impressive to those kids that uh, start to enjoy the game and pick it up and to me i guess it's kind of rewarding to be able to pass on uh, the game to a lot of a lot of new kids expose a lot of new kids to it that's great seems to be a theme i know my uh 2015 one i have my wife won't let me mount that anywhere in the house either so that's that one actually sits up <laughs> stacked up in my garage so <laughs> by my workshop area. Right. <laughs> it does look kind of cool on my classroom wall and oh, makes okay. me uh, every day every day kind of evaluate it's where I'm at, you know, give me some incentive to continue, as I've said before. So That's great. Where's the 2017 one now? I think uh, D-Finger put it in his car. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> I got it in the car. It's in uh, over by the trophy area, hanging in uh, my uh, workout room in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, Evan, how large yours was, but this is like the size of a large closet the, the, the board is now. So yeah, four feet by six feet. Oh, no, mine's Is no. it four by six? <laughs> how, how big was yours, Evan? Oh, geez, maybe uh, I would say two by three. I believe it was quite a bit. All right, yeah, yeah it was so nowhere near the size takes, of that one. <laughs> takes up a little space, and my wife said that's not going to be coming in the house. You got enough coop stuff the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Darren, uh, did you change your practice routine at all leading up to last year's event versus this year's championship run? Yeah, I don't think a whole lot. I'm going to say I threw more eight meter shots last year. And I probably drilled more this year in the weeks leading up. I also just play a lot of phantom games in my yard to get practicing on all the shots I might have to throw. I'm comfortable with my throws. So I just think I need repetition. I need to 
tune my muscle memory. And uh, I know that the guys, uh, Greg and Scott, do the same thing, just repetition. And I keep track of my 8-meter success rate, so I know I need to know if I'm getting better or not. If I need to keep working at it or if I'm at where I think I need to be for the for the competition. Yep. No, I think that's, that's a good tip for a lot of up-and-coming players is really kind of know where your numbers are, and then you can kind of compare those, you know, if you know what your 8-meter percentage is or how often you're hitting those 4 meters or how often you're clearing your piles. You know, if you have, if you throw 8, you know you're typically clearing them in 3 or 4. I mean, those are those are definitely good numbers to know. So, Scott, now I heard for several years now that you pioneered the drilling to the corner tactic that is used here in the U.S. and actually all over the world. And that strategy is obviously a key to playing Kube at a championship level. What led you to using that tactic? The truth behind that is I, 2010, just started playing. And if anybody uh, that knows me when I get into a sport, I, um, <laughs> before I start to learn it, I, I, I do the old YouTube technique or, or Google technique. Try to figure out what's the best strategy, techniques, and so on. And I just so happened to stumble upon uh, the world championship tournaments and i started to look at some videos from from those players that seemed to be on the top and i noticed that some were drilling to the middle but a lot of the great teams were drilling to the the outside stakes and as i watched them set it up i thought that's interesting they have to force it in so you're pretty much you're limiting the opponents and and now we all get it but uh it wasn't uh it was just research that's that's about it so when i came in 2010 and was doing that uh, a lot of shocked faces of why you drill to the outside but um like i said it wasn't it wasn't my origination it was just research and and intuitively watching uh, the best players out there at that time and and seems like a great technique yeah it's definitely a staple of, of cube now greg so scott and you teamed up in the eau claire cube league pretty much since its inception tell us a little about the league and how that has led to a strong team dynamic between scott and yourself <laughs> I don't know if the Eau Claire Coupe League led to our team dynamic. Scott and I have been playing together before the league formed, but I don't know that I'd be playing the league if I didn't have him to partner up with. So I think the first go of the league was fall of 2014 or 15. I don't, I don't know. And we didn't play in that one, but we've played ever since. And Eau Claire Coupe League meets every, well, now we're meeting Thursday nights for our summer league, but other leagues have been on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. We're up to probably anywhere 24 to 32 teams, uh, depending on the season, if they divide into a competitive league and a recreationally kind of divided, their numbers go up a little bit. Right now in our summer league, we have a, I don't know the number, maybe a good dozen really strong competitive teams. Overall, I think the Eau Claire Coupe League, and this is organized by Bridget and Andy Long, they do a great job of uh, pulling people in and getting teams to play. I think overall the, the league has really pushed everyone to become better. And if you look at any of the brackets from this the national tournament, uh, from the from our bracket down to the, the silver to the bronze brackets, you're going to find some, some teams that play in our league. And every week we're pushed. And Scott and I have a huge target on our back every week because we're the team that everyone wants to beat. And it makes us better, makes us play harder, makes all the other teams uh, improve their game too. And I think every week we get comments from people saying, we're going to beat you sometime. We're going to beat you this next time. We got you. We're going to, we're coming for you. So I, I think that Kube League has really pushed Eau Claire Kube to a new level. It's also pushed us a little bit too to continue our success so from that point on. And we've, we've had some success in all the league seasons and all the league tournaments. At the end of each league, you get a position based on how you performed in a tournament. So it's kind of seeded that way. And then all the teams play in a tournament for a tournament champion. 
and it's it's highly competitive. Every week uh, we're pushed, and uh, I like that. I like that uh, opportunity to, to play competitive coup every at least once a week. It gives us an opportunity to do that. So our team dynamics, Scott and I, I'm very fortunate to to have Scott as a teammate. In 2014 for nationals, uh, the team that I was on originally, Lining Kubels, one of our team players had an obligation for the weekend, and Scott was kind enough to join our team. And we knew each other at that point, but we kind of forged a friendship after that, and I think that's continued. And I know after 2015, Scott had maybe talked about not playing much anymore, and I'm really glad that he agreed to be my partner for league. And, you know, it's it's really continued our bond. He's, he's an awesome partner for sure. He works hard. I can trust him. We have great communication when we play. We're on the baseline together. We we can trust each other. It's pretty awesome to have uh, not only as a two-person team with Scott, but with Darren, too. Each member of our team can perform all the positions. I think we're all awesome drillers. I think each of us could, could captain a team with other players and do each of the jobs, do the, the drilling, do the blasting, do the eight meter. I think we're all pretty confident with one one another that we're going to be able to do that. And for league, for Scott, if I miss a shot, I, I, I know he's going to pick it up. I think we can play off each other that way. And if I'm not performing, I, I know he will be, and hopefully he can trust me to do the same thing. So our team dynamic continues to grow too. And just uh, a great person to play with. He's, he's become a good friend of mine too. That's, that's pretty awesome. I think the same with Darren too. It's, it's awfully nice to be able to play with a couple of guys that you can have fun with. You can talk about a lot of different things and you can just enjoy their company. That makes uh, Kubi even that much more fun. Oh, absolutely. No, you could really tell. And it really came through there in that, that, that final match. There's been, I can look back several years and had a lot of matches where you have those quick strike games like that and they get over quick. I think that's the first time we've seen it on, you know, especially at the finals with that many people watching. So that was that was really fun to watch. Darren, based on that, how did you feel coming into the finals or even though, let's say, that semifinals from last year to this? Did you, did you feel more relaxed this year? Definitely, uh, 100%. I actually, this year, I couldn't wait to get over to the soccer field Sunday morning. I mean, I was confident. I was excited to play, you know, looking forward to the challenge. And I think making the semifinals the last two years, Playing in front of some people, I was a lot more nervous the last two years for sure, and especially last year in the finals when that that match <laughs> drug on for two hours. Yeah, um, every, same two every teams. Turn, <laughs> yeah, every turn you think could you could have been your last. I think you know making the two semifinals the last two years and all my experiences in the other tournaments I play in all added up, and I I couldn't wait to get there Sunday morning. I, uh, with the team we had and how we were playing, I was real excited. Awesome. We have a question here from Jesse Frame from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, I'm going to direct this one to Darren. What teams do you believe stand in as the biggest challenge to becoming the first three-peat champions? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Is you know, Not a lot of teams uh, stay the same from year to year. I was just thinking back, you know, teams making it to Sunday this year, I think only a couple of them with the same lineup as last year. I think can think of off the top of my head, you know, Coop Sickles and Coop United. I don't know that a lot of the others. So I'm not even sure, you know, what teams will face next year as of right now. I mean, CoopUnited.com, they're the obvious choice. Obviously, we played them in the finals the last two years. They keep getting it done year after year. I'm sure, you know, usually Chaska puts a team or two together, obviously, that will be in the hunt. Uh, I know if Skoll stays together, Coop Sickles, a bunch of names that we're all familiar with. They return in their current forms. I think um, they could make a run at it, too. So awesome. It'll be interesting to see uh, you know, what, what all the newer configurations of teams are next year. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, we saw like, you know, I know Coop Stashes, they, I think they had a different player this year as well. And, the, you know, making their first one. Then you got obviously the, uh, the team out of St. Paul with the, the two beardos and a weirdo, you know, that's, uh, you know, be curious to see if that's the same team comes together. So there's definitely a lot of up and coming strong teams out there. I think people realize it too, that so you take five years ago compared to this year, you might have five years ago had five teams that were, you know, super good now you've got 25 or more teams this is it's, it's more of a challenge to win it, it's more difficult it's it's not an easy thing to to repeat and anything can happen as you know and i think you're getting a lot of high-end teams now a lot of people that are investing time and it again makes us work harder but uh, it's you know a compliment to the game that uh, people are are willing to do that and um, it makes any tournament you go to a challenge and you've got to you got to bring your best game and and work hard. Oh yeah, makes a lot more fun for you know, especially the teams that, that are more competitive to have more challenge out there. No, I, I think it's exciting right. and definitely look, look forward to each year as we come into it. Okay, I do have one question, final question for each of you. What advice do you have for some of the up and coming teams that want to stand on top of the podium where Damage Inc. has stood the last two years? Greg, let's start with you. Well, I, I think we kind of touched. I've touched on a little bit. You certainly need to find some guys that you, you enjoy playing with and so that you're comfortable with. But within a three-person team, you've got to be able to accept a role and, uh, and do your job, work hard at that to, to, to make sure that you're helping your team out. you got to stay focused. Uh, it's, it's a grind through Saturday and into Sunday, and hopefully your hard work and your determination, your dedication, all those things have uh, got you to the point where you're ready. I think at this point, most people can see that uh, there's a lot more to Kube than just you know, throwing the batons and throwing the Kubes. It's it's a huge mental game as well. You've, I mean, I'll be the first to admit this. In this last tournament, I was kicking myself more than I probably have before. And you got to be able to get past that too. Uh, it does affect your play and make sure that you're mentally prepared to to go through it too. I think all three of us can easily get in the the ring now and you know i can tune out everything around me uh, except for maybe my wife shouting at me once in a while but <laughs> for the most part i'm, I'm really not even hearing anything I, a funny thing happened in that uh, that last turn that we had i didn't even know it until i watched the playback i had had the double and i didn't even know that i actually hit a coup on the baseline I was so focused on my next throw of getting that double and getting the single so that I had my gave my team a chance for success and we had it. And yeah, there's luck involved and things happen, but I didn't even see that. I, I was so focused. So you, you do need to keep that focus. You need to be able to tune things out. And, you know, most importantly, have fun with the people that you're with. Uh, Scott and Darren are really fun guys to, to, to plan a team with. It, it makes the weekend enjoyable. Um, we can go out for dinner or lunch. We can... You know, enjoy the the whole tournament, but being with a, a couple of guys that uh, that make the weekend fun too. That's uh, certainly a big part of it. And uh, obviously, it's a long game. And uh, yes, we're all competitive, but you can't take it super serious either. <laughs> right. Yeah, to be able to enjoy the moment too. So those are some things that I would advise others. And you know, nothing that people. It's not a surprise. It's not any advice that I don't think people don't think about. But for me, I guess uh, in, enjoy it too. So. Exactly. All right, Scott, do you have anything? Yeah, I mean, kind of piggybacking off what he said, I think it was important. I think our team dynamics were perfect. I mean, we could joke around, but yet, you know, when we talk seriously about our strategies, we always talked about one game at a time. There were so many teams in that tournament that you felt like, you know, if you didn't play uh, you know, the best you can or and played the, the best of your ability, you could get knocked off at any time. So, 
you know, we always took it one game at a time. And that was, again, the personalities I thought meshed real well with our team that we could stay focused but still have fun. And then I think if you find that team, the, the other thing, and Greg kind of touched on this, but uh, picking up your role on the team and practicing to that role. And I'm throwing in my yard, and great, I want to take a pile and blast that pile down. But the fact of the matter is, with Greg being such a great blaster, am I ever going to be in that situation? And, and the answer is no. And then the flip side with Darren, with his eight-meter play, so solid. It was pretty clear I knew my role, and I practiced a lot, four-meter, eight-meter, four-meter, eight-meter. And with Darren picking up two eights, if I was in role where I'd have to pick up an eight-meter and a king, uh, then another role that I would fall into, so I'd practice that. So, again, practicing to your role and knowing your role in the team, I think it's going to start coming down to that more and more with, with these national teams is having a specialty player in, in, in each uh, area, like a blaster. Obviously, you always need a driller, but a blaster, solid 8-meter guy, and maybe two solid 8-meter guys, but then kind of that scrap picker upper guy that uh, that I kind of fell into. But, but I was fortunate I had, obviously two awesome great players around me and and uh i was just fortunate that they trusted me to be on their team and huge appreciation for that i, I appreciate that and i'm very thankful for that so absolutely that that role that player who has to pick up that occasional single or you know have, you know there's a bunch of garbage in front you know i mean that that's something you do have to practice as well and uh you know yeah. I, I think we've all seen that all of a sudden a line will turn because of having struggling with that shot so that is a critical role as well that probably doesn't get as much advertisement all right darren what's uh you got any advice for any of the up-and-coming teams yeah going uh third here i think it's gonna be kind of a common theme and but i kind of thought about this wrote down some notes here and it was, it was exactly what those guys said i you know i'd say you have to come up with roles for each player on your team and i said you each have to work hard at your role and in my opinion you need the four meter guy you need a solid middle thrower like we used had scott and you need an eight meter guy to win today i really think you do you need people at all those roles and then obviously not to downplay the drilling drilling is a huge part of the game you know that sets the stage for every turn we have to, to get us that one more even you get that one more eight meter throw that's huge to have a good piles drilling i think you know, solid play in all those areas, you know, because a lot of games can be decided by one turn or even one baton. And, Evan, we learned that in 2015 against your team. <laughs> Game three of the semifinals, we came one baton short. It was all because the previous turn we had an 0 for at 8 meters. You know, that 0 for sealed our fate. We didn't know at the time, but it, it literally comes down to it's tough to even when you get to the, you know, the final four teams, you have an off turn or maybe a penalty coup or something small like that, it, it can literally change the direction of the whole match. We all see now that as it gets tighter and tighter with the teams is, you know, I just think back to last year, I, we had to hit one shot and wiggled the coup, but didn't go down and that ended up being our tournament because even though we cleared our baseline, we didn't have that one more for the King and, and we got finished. So yeah, so I, I know exactly what you're talking about there. All right, well, thanks a lot, guys. I uh, really appreciate you coming out and taking some time to talk to us this evening. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you all for listening, and please subscribe to Kube United Podcasts at Blog Kube United on iTunes and Stitcher, and follow us at Kube United on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Good Kube, everyone. Here we are in the field today. We're all set up, it's time to play. This is it, man, this is war. Once we're done, we'll play some more, yeah. Come with me, I know what to do.
Come 